0: God's been good to you, say amen. Amen. He's been good to all of us, and we praise his name this morning for his goodness and his love and his faithfulness to us. He's worthy of all of our praise this morning, and I trust that you will find lots of reasons today to give God praise for all he's done for you. He's been faithful. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, we're going to be looking at a a verse in chapter 1, so you can start there, and then we'll be turning back to the Lord's... um, to, to the prayer that Jesus prays in John 17, and, and looking at a couple of verses there as well. Today we we begin a new sermon series titled "Life on Mission," and over the next few weeks we're going to be digging in to what a life in obedience to the mission that Jesus has left for us looks like. My hope is that no matter where you are, are on your journey, whether you're just beginning, you're just starting out, or maybe you've been living a life walking with Jesus Christ for a, for a long, long time, no matter where you are on your journey that um, this series will help you have a deeper understanding of what he's calling you to and that ultimately you'll make a choice each week to follow Jesus more fully in your walk with him he's calling us to walk closer and closer to him every day if you believe that say amen and so I trust that you will allow your heart to be challenged. I know mine has been as I've been preparing. Uh, a, a few months ago, I, I picked up a book with the title, with this title, Life on Mission. And um, the book's by Tim Harlow. And in the book, he outlines kind of five areas that, that we're called to live life in, in obedience to the mission that Jesus has given us. And in and, and this last series that we just completed, we covered in-depth prayer and our need to pray and the call that the Lord uh, has upon our heart to pray. That is one of the five. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at four different things. And, and uh, this morning, we begin with this one. It is simply that we have a calling to connect. We have a calling to connect with, with God in a more deeper way in our own life. And God also calls us to connect with other people. And so we're going to be looking at that um, this morning. I want you to see this morning that we serve a connecting God. Aren't you glad for that? If you're glad that God has connected with you, say Amen. And by the way, if you don't know it, he's connecting with you right now, right? His Spirit has come this morning and drawn you to this place for such a time as this to connect with you this morning. We serve a connecting God. I want you to realize this morning that Jesus came. We sang about it this morning. We're going to celebrate it in just a little while. But Jesus Christ came to connect God to you. That's the whole reason that Jesus came is to connect God to you. John chapter 1 verse 14. Here it is. Are you ready? And the word became flesh. The Word is who? Jesus, right? The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. Jesus Christ came, fully God, came and took on the form of man. He became flesh. Normally, we talk about this passage in in just a few months, which, by the way, will be here before we know it, but in December, right? we We normally hear this passage preached and talked about. But I am thankful this morning that this is a a 365-day-a-year verse that we can, can, can claim and celebrate, aren't you? Jesus Christ became flesh. He made his dwelling among us. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, came to earth. He put on flesh and blood. He left the splendor of heaven, and he took on the form of man for one reason, so that he could connect with you so that he could understand what 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 you go through and the experiences that you have and the situations that you face so he could fully understand that Jesus Christ desired so much to have a relationship with you that he came and you all know this verse right it's a, it's in John as well for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son aren't you thankful that Jesus came this morning he came to, to, send, to connect God with you. I love how the message paraphrase puts this, this verse in, in John 1.14. It says this, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Came right where you live to connect with you. And His love has been made known to you. No longer is there a wall of division. I remind you often, but before Jesus came there was a wall of division between God and man. No longer is there a wall of division. The veil has division. The veil has been torn and we now have access to God through his son Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus came so that we could be connected To God. Paul writes about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, where it says, God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between Himself and us. That's That's why Jesus came, right? To make peace, to connect us with God. The only thing that can keep us disconnected from God, and his mission for our life today is us, is our decision, is our free will we can we can plug in I I thought about this picture uh, uh, this week you know we we can connect to God he because of what Jesus has done because he gave his life on the cross he's really put it in our hands it's our choice we can make the choice to plug in if you will to connect with him but it's up to you and it's up to me Jesus came to make a way if we will allow him to work in our life we serve a connecting God And he wants to connect to you. But I want you to see this morning that he also wants to connect through you. And this is where I want to spend a lot of our time today, is thinking about this idea that God wants to connect through you. Jesus came to connect God to you, but he also came to connect God through you. To connect others to him through you, through your life through what he wants to do in you. John chapter 17 now. Jesus is praying here. John chapter 17, verse 18. Here's what it says. Jesus praying, as you sent me into the world, praying to his Father, of course, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. The message puts it like this. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in world. The world, if you're thankful today that God has given you a mission in the world today, say amen. I'm glad today that we don't have to wonder what that mission is, but that he has given us a mission. Jesus came to connect God to us and connect God through us. He's given us a mission. He's sending us to share his mercy and his love and his grace with others around us, that they might know him by the way that we live our lives in obedience to him. He wants us to connect God to others. Second Corinthians 5.18, I, I read the first part of that, but let me finish that scripture, all right? God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us, right? To connect us to God, but it doesn't stop there. Paul would go on to write this, and he has given us the work of making peace between himself and others, You see, that's the work that he calls us to. This work of helping others to know Jesus Christ, our Lord, because of the life that we live and the mission that he gives us. He has done it, connecting us to God and then using us to help other people to know him. That's the mission that he has for us today. And the work starts as we begin to intentionally connect those who don't know Jesus Christ to him. Last week we talked a lot about praying for them, but it goes beyond the work of prayer. That's an important part of the work, but it goes beyond that work. And there's a few things that I want you to see. There's a few things I want you to see about his calling for us to connect God with other people around us. The first thing is this, the calling is overdue. The connecting is overdue. Just moments, think about this, just moments before Jesus is arrested, That's when he prays this prayer in John 17. Literally moments before he would be arrested and give his life on the cross and be crucified. He's praying to his father. Think about what's on his mind just before he gives his life for you and for me. The last thing, one of the last things he prays is that we would be sent into the world to share his love in his name. One of the last things he prays. And then just after his resurrection, just before he ascends into heaven in John chapter 20, verse 21, guess what one of the last things he says is? John 20, 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. One of the last things he prays is that we would be sent. One of the last commands he gives is that we would be sent. Sent. I think it's a pretty important part of the mission of Jesus Christ for us to connect with others and these words are still applicable for us today. He's still sending us. He's still desiring to connect with others around us, through us, by the power of his spirit, connect us with others, connect them with God. But for some reason, And I don't always understand it, but for some reason, for some of us, Jesus Christ is the best-kept secret that we have. Sometimes Jesus is the best-kept secret we have. I mean, we come to church on Sunday, but do people around us Monday through Saturday really know and understand that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life? cannot be the best kept secret that we have we've been sent but so often we keep coming back week after week without fulfilling the mission that he has given us i share with you about my trip to jc last week if you were here You heard the story. I went to JC. My list was very simple. I picked up one of those baskets as I walked in. My list was simple. It was um, hamburgers, it was baked beans, and hold on, oh yeah, buns. And I forgot to tell you about the most important thing on the list. Have you had cinnamon toast kettle corn? Kendra's getting blessed down here down front, if you didn't see that. So Kendra has fallen in love with cinnamon toast kettle corn in the microwave and so just as I'm headed into the store Kendra is texting me saying don't forget to buy more kettle corn, right? So the thing that I actually forgot on the list as I'm standing in the checkout line was guess what? Yeah, cinnamon toast kettle corn and if you think in any way shape or form I'm gonna disappoint my daughter, right? No way, right? And so I had to go back in and, and, and try again But I didn't fulfill the mission the first time around, right? We've been given a mission. In a nutshell, our mission is we have been sent to connect with others on our Savior's behalf. Are you fulfilling your mission? I'm going to laugh about forgetting microwave popcorn, right, at the grocery store. But I remind you today that there is coming a day when we're going to be held accountable for the things that Christ has asked us to do. Reminds you of the Scripture that simply says those that know the good they ought to do and, and don't do it, that to them is, do you remember? Sin. You see, we know what we ought to do. Are we, are we doing it? Are we connecting? Again, we talked last week about prayer and praying for them, and as I said, that's an important part. We need to connect with God on behalf of those around us. In fact, Jesus' example right here in in, in John 17 is what? He prays first, doesn't he? He prays, Lord, just as you sent me, I send them, and and prays a lot more for them ahead of time. But then there comes a point where he also says, okay guys, now it's time to, to go, and we need to follow the same pattern. There's a time for us to pray, as we talked about last week, and intercede before God on behalf of those he's laid on our heart and we need to pray and we need to pray and we need to pray if you still believe that this week say amen Amen. but we also need to make sure we're in tune with the voice of the spirit that is sending us because he's sending us to go connecting us overdue he's sending you to those you oversee And I talked about last week praying for those we oversee, but I want to tell you this week that he's not just asking for us to pray for them, but he's asking for us to live out what it looks like to be Jesus Christ in our world today before them every single day. See, I remind you that Jesus came to this earth to connect, but he also came to live his life and to set an example for those who would follow him and watch his ministry. He wanted them to see God's love and mercy and grace lived out firsthand in a world that's fallen around him, right? He wanted people to see what that looks like. And he had the disciples and he had others that were following him and and were with him, and it was more than just the 12. Very often, the group that followed Jesus was quite a bit larger than that and they were watching Jesus and they were seeing exactly how he was living every day and let me tell you something Jesus Christ was intentional every single day of his life to live it out before them to connect with those who were close to him I wonder what picture are you painting of Jesus for those who live closest to you are they drawn closer to Jesus because of the way that you live because of the decisions that you make because of the way that you respond and react. Your kids, your spouse, your grandkids, those that you work with, how are you connecting them to Jesus by the way that you live? He's placed them in your life, as I share with you, not by accident, but they've been placed there for a reason and I believe it's because Jesus wants us to connect with them. How are you connecting them to him? I think about one story in particular in my own life with my dad, and, and my dad, if he were here today, I think he would admit, especially at this stage in his life, that you know what, I didn't do everything just right. I didn't get it all right. But as I look back on my life, I know that there are times when dad got it really right in a lot of the examples that he set. There was one time in my life where I was just really, really busy. Not that you would know how that feels, right? We all know how that feels, really, really busy. Um, I was working full-time. I was, had, had already um, said yes to God's call on my life in ministry, so I'd started back to school. I was still working a, a side job on the side to try to just make ends meet and keep everything moving forward, and so my weeks were just filled and filled and filled, and so um, there was one particular Saturday when I went down to my dad's to do some work down there um, on a car that I was working on, and and I got down there really early because I needed to get a full day in, right? And I'd get down there and I'd get started and my dad comes out to see me that morning and he said, hey, why don't we go in and, and take some time and have devotions and prayer together? And I just went, ah. Not that any of us would ever do that, right? Oh, man. And, um, but it's my dad. And so I said, um, I didn't like outwardly do that, I just inwardly did that, right? I said, Okay. And so we went in, he read some scripture, and we prayed together, probably 20, 25 minutes, maybe tops. Went back out of that day and worked, and got through the day, and got a lot accomplished that day. Now my dad, if you would ask him today, like he would not ever remember that day. He would not remember, it's not, I mean, a lot of days went down there, nothing really special probably jumped out at him about it. He was just being who he always was. But for me, I've never forgotten that morning with my dad. Because it reminded me that I was leaving out the thing that I needed the most right? See, Dad connected Jesus to me that morning, and it's, it's just stuck with me day after day, year after year. Who are you connecting with Jesus? You see, sometimes we think it's got to be this big production, and the reality is this. When we're just living out the life of being who Jesus wants us to be every day, and we're st- keeping this connection with God, right? Our connection with God, we're keeping that where it needs to be. These other things just begin to flow naturally from us, and we can't help ourselves, That's what I believe we need to do. We need to be reminded that we're being sent to those who are closest to us to set the right example so that they will see Jesus in us. My prayer every day is that my kids would see Jesus in me. How about you? That my grandkid, as little as she is, I tell you what, I want her to see Jesus in her grandpa. Are you allowing God to connect with you? And are you saying, I want to connect with them. I want to point them to Jesus. He's, just, he's not only sending you, you to those you oversee, but He's also sending you to those you overlook. And I want you to think about this with me this morning. He's always sending us in different directions all the time. How often when we go are we thinking about, okay, Lord, who is it that you want me to connect with today? Who is it that you're going to guide my path in such a way that I'll connect with them today? Eyes that are open to opportunities to truly share Jesus Christ. Who are you overlooking? I remind you, the Pharisees, remember this, the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they overlooked constantly and intentionally, I believe, the tax collectors and sinners. Like they walked right by them, they didn't give them a second thought. And yet in Luke 15, by the way, in Luke 15, it's the story of the lost sheep and the lost son and the lost coin. All right, But if you read the first couple verses of that, it tells us where Jesus was. Jesus was eating with the tax collectors and sinners. And then he goes on to talk about the loss and how we need to be reaching out to them. You see, Jesus didn't overlook the people the Pharisees overlooked. If you're glad for that this morning, say amen. I'm glad Je- Jesus didn't look overlook me, aren't you? Like, I'm glad for that this morning. And I'm glad he didn't overlook you. Who are you overlooking? Who are you walking by? who are you welcoming who are you eating with until Jesus came everybody walked by the lame and the blind and the leper they walked by the hurting like every single day they walked by these people who are you walking by who are you connecting with now a lot of times today when we think about the people that are hurting our minds can quickly run to the guy that's holding the sign along the road and you've got to wrestle with that to know what to do. But I'm not necessarily talking about those hurting people. I'm talking about the people that you walk by every day who aren't holding the literal sign in front of them. I'm talking about the people every day that you, that you work with, the neighbors, people that you see in the store that maybe you've known from years ago, and that maybe, just maybe, uh, they look at you, and you know, if you're looking, you know just by the look that they're hurting But maybe it's a little bit deeper than that. It's not just by the look. But maybe it's if we're just connected enough with God and in tune with His Holy Spirit just enough, maybe it's the Holy Spirit that whispers to our heart, here's someone that's hurting and I need you to connect. But see, if we're not connected here with God, then we really struggle to hear the voice of of the Holy Spirit speak to us and open our eyes to the hurting that are around us. We have to be connected with God are you listening to what he said? We're called to connect. You say, Pastor, I've been in those situations before. My heart will start to beat. I know there's something I need to do and I just don't know what to say. Can I just give you a few simple words in, in that situation like that you could say that, um, it, it would, I promise it won't hurt, right? How are you doing? But not just how you doing, like how you doing, oh I'm fine, how are you doing, oh I'm fine, and walk on. I'm talking about how you doing, and then when they say I'm fine, you can just take a kind of a step back and look at them in that way and say no, I mean it, like really, like how are you doing? And then begin to listen as they share with you how they're really doing. And then begin to listen not just this way to them, but begin to listen this way for the voice of the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you because God, when God opens those doors of opportunity before us to connect with other people around us, can I just tell you that he's prepared. Like you may not feel prepared, but God, the God that we serve, like he's prepared for that moment. And if we'll trust him, he will provide for us when we get serious about connecting others to him. Who are you overseeing? Who are you overlooking? I just have to remind you this morning that connecting is overdue. Now, the temptation is this. Even in this moment right now, the connection is, okay, I've heard it. Like, I've heard this, I know. Like, I know what I'm supposed to do. Are you connecting? You see, knowing and doing are two different things completely. I just want to remind you today that God doesn't just call us to know. He calls us to live it out. Connecting is overdue. Connecting is also opposed. And here's what I mean by that. In the same prayer that Jesus prays in John 17, he's praying that they be sent right into the world to make a difference in the world, to reach out, to connect with other people, to help other people be connected to him. Here's what Jesus prays. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from The evil one. Jesus said, my prayer is not to take us out of the world. He's saying, I am sending you to connect with the people that I love that are far away from me. I want you to go and to share that there's hope and mercy and grace. But Jesus also realized that the enemy would be working against us. As we go and share. And that's why he prays this prayer and intercedes for our protection as we go. Can I just remind you, as we go, as he sends us, and as we are obedient to go, that Jesus Christ, think about this, Jesus Christ has interceded and it is interceding on our behalf. The book of Acts is filled with just story after story of the early church and early Christians who, by the power of the Holy Spirit, are obedient to go and be sent. Great things begin to happen in the church. In fact, as you read early on, what you find is that literally thousands of people at a time are being saved. I mean, God, the Spirit is moving. God is doing great things. But the reality was there was opposition as well. In fact, you don't have to read too many chapters in to immediately start to see the opposition of the enemy coming their way. In Acts chapter 5, verse 17, listen to this one example. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. This is because of all of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing through them, and lives are being changed, right? Good things are happening, and where do they end up? In jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out, and he told them this. The angel speaks and says this. Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. There are going to be times when the enemy is going to oppose us as we go in the name of Jesus Christ to make a difference in the world around us. There are going to be times when he does. The, in fact, can I just say it like this? The enemy of our soul will bother us little when we're not connecting with others. And sometimes we may feel like, Boy, i got enough going on in my life right now. I just don't need another thing. But let me remind you today, when we go in the name of Jesus Christ, and remember what we're taking. Did you catch it there? Do you remember what we're taking? We're taking the message of life. If there's ever a day where our world around us has needed the message of life, it's when. It's right now. They need to know there's hope. They need to know that there's peace, real peace, lasting peace in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we get serious about living our life on mission, about connecting God's love with others around us, it gets the attention of the enemy. In the apostles' case, they were thrown into prison. But I want you to see today that they were also freed from that prison. You see, anytime the enemy tries to stop or thwart the plan of God for us, guess what? God is there through the power of his Spirit to help us get beyond that. And we have to trust that he will do that. He sets them free. And they go on giving the message of life. I wonder this morning, how has the enemy stopped you from connecting? How has he stopped you from connecting with others? I've seen it time and time again. Somebody gets serious about their faith, they begin walking in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, and the natural outflow of that is they want others to experience what they've experienced. And so they begin to get excited about sharing with others. Let me just tell you about what God's doing right now in my life, in my situation, and they begin to share it and then it happens the enemy in some way shape or form will begin to come against us now I wasn't going to share this but I'll just tell you the last 24 hours for me has been a battle just to even share this message with you today like I've been certain you know why (laughs) you I hope you know why like, if we, can, if we can get excited, if we get to a place in our life where we really take to heart what we're hearing today, if we really get to a place in our life where you say, you know what, I'm going to stop just kind of going through the motions and I'm going to get serious about, about inviting somebody, about letting somebody know about what Jesus is doing in my life. I'm going to get serious about asking them how they're doing and, and trying to find a way to somehow to connect them with Jesus. When we get serious about that, like the enemy's going to take notice. But I'm here today to remind you that even we, we should be aware that that's going to happen, and we should just press right on knowing that God's plan is greater than the plan of the enemies. Jesus has prayed for us to be protected. If Jesus prayed it, do you think He's able? He's able. People, they get excited, they begin to share. The enemy begins to come against them in some way, shape or form, and it often happens very subtly. In fact, one of the enemy's favorite ways to try to stop us from doing what I'm talking about today and really connecting with others and helping them to see God lived out in us. One of his favorite ways is just simply what I talked about already, to get us busy. Work gets busy, homes get home gets busy, kids get busy, our hobbies get busy, and what happens when all of those things begin, are those things bad in and of themselves? Absolutely not. Like in and of themselves, there's not one thing wrong with those things, but. All these pieces of our lives begin to make us busier and busier to a point where our time with God begins to shrink. Our devotion time, our prayer time begins to dwindle. Church attendance begins to dwindle. Which, by the way, the important thing about that is when we come together is that God is able to speak to us in fresh and new and exciting ways and we can worship Him. Aren't you glad for that? I'm thankful for the time that we have together it begins to shrink. Discipleship and being mentored in the Word, that begins to shrink. And so what happens is is this connection begins to be starved. And as a result, we find ourselves kind of just hanging on in our relationship with God. And when we're just hanging on in our relationship with God, we often aren't doing a whole lot to try to help others to get to know Him or see Him. And I just have to remind you today that All of that, it's a trap of the enemy. It's decisions that we can control. It's the thing that we need the most, and the whole reason that we're here in the first place is to have a relationship with God and to help others to know him as well. And so often that's what goes out the window first, and we stop connecting. And what's the root of of it all? You can call it what you will, but here's what it is. It's the enemy of our soul trying to thwart God's plan and mission for our life. God's plan for your life and His mission is for you to know Him and help others know Him. I don't know how to put it any plainer. And yet, so often, that's what happens. But I want you to know we can be set free today, just like the apostles was set free from prison and said, hey, go let everybody know the message of life. God can set us free. If Jesus prayed, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one, that prayer extends all the way. Aren't you glad that prayer extends to you and to me? He wants us to go, and he wants us to be protected. He knew the enemy would oppose us and try to distract us. So we have to be super intentional about staying connected to God and connecting others with him. So here's the question. How has the enemy lured you away from God's mission? Ask yourself this morning. Ask yourself this. Am I... Am I lovingly and deeply connecting with someone right now who isn't in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Who comes to mind right now that you are connecting with in a strong way who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior? Who are you connecting with? See, if somebody doesn't come right to the forefront of our mind in just a moment, what that probably means is that we're really not connecting anyone with Jesus. Who are you praying for? I challenge you last week to be praying. Who are you praying for? The next step is, who are you really connecting with? You see, the answer to that question tells us the answer to this. Does the enemy have me distracted? Connecting is overdue. Connecting is opposed. The enemy will come against us. God is greater. But I also want you to see this morning that connecting isn't optional. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, But you will receive my power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses, right? It wasn't, hey, why don't you think about this, all right? You got an option here to think about, you could be my witnesses, you could not be my witnesses. It's just kind of up to you. Whatever you want to do, that's not what he says, is it? He says, and you will be my witnesses, I'm sending you, I want you to go, I want you to share others. You see, connecting others with Jesus Christ keeps us oriented to the mission that Jesus has left us with. It's exciting to watch, I'm sure you've seen it, but it's exciting to watch as other people, as the light kind of just comes on in their life, as as they begin to have understanding about Jesus Christ and and his ability to change their life, as they begin to pray and see God work in their life, as they they have their sins forgiven and and they're just open to this whole new really world of living, right? It's awesome to watch that. I'm glad for the people in my life that prayed for me, but I'm also glad for the people in my life that didn't just pray for me, but that really connected with me. That really showed me what it looked like to live out Jesus Christ every day. I'm glad for people who connected with my family before me. Um, Had it not been for a lady like Carolyn Latham, who was my, mom's, and my mom and dad's pastor's wife, who before my mom and dad had started attending church, Carolyn reached out and began to befriend my mother and talk to her, share with her, listen to her, love her. And it wasn't too long, and because Carolyn had connected to God and then in turn connected with my mother, it wasn't too long, and our family began to attend church and then not too long and our family began to know Christ and at a young age I was able to be in a service where I could go to the altar and pray 5 6 years old and receive Christ as my savior that moment for me happened because somebody connected with my mom and I've told you Michelle's story before so I won't go into all the details but most of you know that in her case it was a teenager who who babysat for her mom and dad who played in the bars, music in the bars on the weekends. And this teenager decided, you know what, I can go over there and stay with them. That those two young girls, Michelle was probably under 10 years old, go over and stay with them and babysit them while their parents go play music in bars on the weekends. And because this teenager came and eventually invited Michelle and her sister to Bible school, and then mom came to the program, connected, 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 got saved, Dad got saved, eventually a call to the ministry, pastored my home church for 25 years. By the way, that's how I met my wife. Her dad came to be my pastor. All that happens is because we serve a connecting God who sends us to go. I'm thankful for a teenager who went and took the mission of God seriously. I'm thankful for a pastor's wife who reached out to my mom and began to invite her. I'm glad for the story that I heard about this week of a lady who her neighbor lived next door. They didn't know him. She took a casserole over on a Thursday night and said, hey, you know what? I just want to give you dinner tonight. You know, God bless you or whatever. You know, and went back home. And guess what she did the next Thursday night and the next Thursday night and the next Thursday night. You better like casserole, right? And then it wasn't long. That, hey, would you guys want to come over to our house for dinner on Thursday night? And they said, yeah, as long as you don't make a casserole. No, I don't think they said that. <laughs> Started coming to their house for dinner, building relationship, connecting, connecting, connecting. Wasn't long, hey, you know, we'd just love to share with you about what God's doing in our life right now. Naturally, in conversation. Wasn't long, hey, we go to the church, you know, down the road here, would you like to come? Yeah, to come. Gave their hearts to Christ and blossomed from there. Why? Because there were people who were willing to connect, willing to say, Jesus, if you'll open my eyes to those around me, I'll just be obedient and speak and do and share with what you want me to do. And these are simple things, folks. Simple, easy things. Just saying, Jesus, help me to see those who need you right in my life, right now, today. It's really not a take it or leave it message. To leave it says to Jesus this morning, you know what, I'm not interested in fulfilling the mission that you have for my life. That's what it says. So it's not really a take it or leave it message. It's a, okay, Jesus, help me to know. In your, in your pew this morning when you came in, you may have sat on it. There's a card, there's a little card, and I want you to get those in your hands if you would. Everybody, just get those in your hands. There should be laying there. You can pass them down the row if people need them. But get those in your hands this morning and, and here's what I've been praying this week and here's what I'm trusting that God is doing even now. This card is perforated in the center. One part is for you, one part I'm hoping you'll share with us. It simply says, please list someone that God wants you to connect with that you oversee. Somebody in your immediate circle of influence. Could be your family, somebody in your family, friends, neighbors, co-worker, people that you're naturally in contact with every single day. I'd love it if you would put a name down, at least one. Maybe there's two or three that you're praying for, but I would love it if you would just put a name down there. And then in the next line, it's someone that God has wants you to connect with that you've overlooked, and it could be, Again, a neighbor or a coworker, somebody that maybe you walk by, but you don't really know them. It could be somebody in the store, it could be a gas station that you see every day where you go in and pick up your, your coffee. And maybe you don't even know their name, and maybe you just list like, this is the place." But I'd love it if you'd share a, a place or a name right there. The bottom part of that is for you to just write those same names on to remind you, but that, that card is perforated, that paper is perforated down the middle, and I'd and like for you just to separate those two pieces. If you're watching online, we have a lot of people that are watching online with us today. If you're watching online, you can go to c one naschurch our website, and on the website, there's a, there's a place that you can click on that simply says response card right on the home page. And if you'll click there, you can share this information with us as well. Now here's what I want you to do. In a moment, Pastor Nathan's going to come. And we're going to receive communion. And receiving communion does this. It celebrates what? It celebrates the fact that God has connected with us through Jesus Christ. We get to celebrate that today. We know Jesus as our Savior. We celebrate the fact that he is at work in our life and that he is doing some incredible and awesome things. And so we'll celebrate that. But I'd like for you to bring that card with you as you come down. We're going to you're going to be served down front this morning. I'd like for you to bring that card that you just filled out and drop it in the basket. And here's what that symbolizes this morning. It's God, I pray that you would help me to connect with these people so that one day soon they're right here receiving communion with me. Think about the power of that statement. Jesus, I want to I I give this to you this morning saying, would you help me to connect with them so that someday soon these people are receiving communion. That will symbolize what? That they know Jesus as their Savior. Now here's what we want to do with those cards. I've talked with the staff and We're going to take the cards that you submit, and there's a place on there for your name. We'd love for you to share your name with us. We won't contact you, but what we will do is pray for you as you're working to connect with these people, okay? So if you'll share that with us would be great. But we're going to take those cards, and we're going to spend time, and we're going to begin to pray with you over these people and over these cards that God will use you, because we believe what? That there's power when we pray together, all right? I want you to be a part of that this morning. God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us, and he has given us the work of making peace between himself and others. May God help us to connect. Pastor Nathan is going to come at this time. Those who are helping to serve communion, if you would come as we prepare, I'd like for you to stand if you would this morning, and let me just give you some really simple instructions. If you're in these center two sections, we'd like for you to just, in just a moment, as we, once we're ready to make your way to the center, you'll come down and there'll be people here to serve you and then you'll make your way back. If you're in the outer two sections, just come to the center aisle and the same thing out and back around to your seats in just a moment. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning. We're thankful, Lord, for your calling upon our lives. We're thankful for the fact that you have given us a mission And that mission is to connect, Lord, with you and to connect others with you. And Lord, today my prayer is is that as we receive communion for ourselves this morning, as we celebrate what you've done in our lives, that you would also help us to pray that these that we love and that we care about would also someday soon be able to share in communion as well. We realize, Lord, that you're coming again. And we celebrate that as we take communion today as well. That your coming is soon And Lord, I pray that you would give us a fresh sense of urgency and passion as we strive, Lord, to reach out and live out the call that you've placed on our lives. We love you today, Lord, and we thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do as we serve you in obedience. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: The cross has the final word The cross has the final word The Savior has come with the morning light The cross has the final word There's nothing stronger, nothing higher Nothing greater than the name of Jesus. All the honor, all the power, all the glory to the name of Jesus. The cross has the final word. The cross has the final The Savior has come with the morning light. The cross has the final word. There's nothing stronger, nothing. says the Cross as the final word.
0: our heads together. Father, we're grateful this morning for your sacrifice of your Son on the cross for us, your desire to send Jesus to this earth to connect us to you. Father, we're so thankful for that this morning. And Jesus, we celebrate today all that you have done for us. And Lord, in, in light of what we were just able to do, in light of the fact, Lord, that you gave your all so that we could know you and live in a relationship with you and be connected. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see the need for us to go and to share and to invite and encourage and just tell others, Lord, how great you are. Lord, give us a passion that burns within us. Fan into flame, Lord, the passion in our hearts, Lord, that others might know, that the world might know how great you are. Use us, I pray. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen, Pastor Travis. Amen. Would you please stand with me for the benediction? May God the Father, who so loved our world that He gave His only Son, may Jesus Christ, whose love for us made Him obedient to death, even death on a cross, and may the Holy Spirit, who enables us to love God and each other, comfort, encourage, and protect you, and may He help you to connect with others In his name, and all God's people said, amen. You're dismissed.